You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Time once again for T. Watts and TR on the Bama Online Podcast. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BOL, alongside site publisher and recruiting editor Tim Watts. Tim, it's a New Year's edition of the podcast, January the 3rd, 2023. I got to check myself on the the year right now because uh, still trying to get acclimated to this new year. Any New Year's resolutions maybe from Tim Watts as we get going here? You know, not a lot. I mean, I sort of said I'm a little bit closer to Christmas, but um, I just can't get over this time. This schedule, this time schedule has just been terrible. Um, everything. I mean, playing bowl games on the second, not playing on the first, uh, going all the way to the kid, you know, the visitors and the kids committing December 21st, a few days before Christmas. It still blows my mind that we had high school athletes on their Christmas break taking official visits a week before signing day, a week before Christmas. It still blows my mind how off this whole thing has been. So not a whole lot of time to really even realize it's New Year's, to be honest with you. But um, um, no, no, no great. I mean, I feel like I'm where I want to be. <laughs> need to probably need to walk a little bit more. But other than that, cuss a little less, walk a little more, slide into cargo shorts as often as I can. That's about my goals for the year. Watch sports. Well, the late great. Mike Leach would agree with you on the cargo short sentiment, right? And uh, that was pretty cool on Monday. You're right. It was a weird Monday and having bowl games starting at 11 a.m. Central, I guess, or right around that time. And But good to see Mississippi State get a win. Come from behind, beat Illinois down there in Tampa. That had all the feels, didn't it? Yeah, it did. I mean, it wasn't a pretty game, but the ending was pretty cool. Um, wasn't that Marcus Baines who closed it out? Former yeah. There with the, with the uh, I don't know what is that recovered fumble. What would that be? It's not a that is a technically a fumble recovery, and it almost looked like it was forward, but I think it was close enough that the official said we're getting the hell out of here, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, let's get out. They uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean it was good. I mean you saw how many people, you know, Mike Leach. I've always you know we've discussed this, and I've always been a fan of the personality that he was. Um, uh, you know, even up to the end, that uh, was a little fat little girlfriend comment he had not too long ago. He was a very original one. But you saw how many people he touched with all the people rooting for Mississippi State yesterday. And there was a lot of them. I was getting a ton of texts that were fired up about that game. And just a absolute shocking end of the football day, unfortunately, on Monday. DeMar Hamlin, the safety for the Buffalo Bills, horrifying, Tim. That's the only way I know to, to sum up that. Not just the... And, and the, the, the fact that he collapsed on the field like he did was uh, horrifying enough. But then the visuals, right, from the players and not just the Bills, but how traumatized everyone involved on that football field in Cincinnati was on Monday night. Yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, watched a lot of sports, seen a lot of bad injuries and never seen anything quite like that. I will say I have a doctor friend who's a BOL member. And he called me pretty quickly after that when I was texting him, asking him. He diagnosed what he thought it was, which was, I can't think of the word, but the, basically the hit to the heart that stopped Yeah. Um, he diagnosed it right away. He said that's what happened. And he even explained. And for people who did Little League sports, my second son played circle when they used to do kids pitch. 
I mean, machine pitch. I don't know if anybody else played that sport, but mm-hmm. he had a special vest you had to wear. And over his heart was an extra thick pad of like to cover his heart from that blow. He explained that to me. I knew he, I knew why, I knew why Kate wore it. Um, but it didn't really hit me. That's exactly because there was like a one in a million chance that a ball hit back up the middle, could hit him in the chest and stop his heart. So, um, you know, obviously still waiting to hear, trying, you know, trying not to react too much till we hear what's going on. But I mean, it's been good. I mean, you see the good as bad as much as I gripe about social media. You saw people donating to, to, to the guy's charity over 3 million as of Tuesday morning. It looks like that's, you know, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Unbelievable. Yeah. Do some good. I gripe about it. So hats off to everybody that contributed and, and rallied up, you know, Bill's fans themselves are known for, for rallying behind causes. So, uh, to see that everybody do it for a, for a Bills player. Still hoping for good news. I woke up hoping for news, but hopefully we'll know more today. Hopefully we'll get good news. Yeah, we're taping this around mid-morning on Tuesday. So for now, the best we can do is send our thoughts and prayers to DeMar Hamlin and his family. And again, everyone involved, because there's going to be a process, um, even with the best of scenarios that could potentially come from this with DeMar uh, just again, just an autumn, uh, an incredibly uh, traumatizing situation in Cincinnati on Monday night. Now, we're going to talk a lot about Alabama football, as you might guess, on the first edition of T. Watson TR of the new year. And we're going to start with the performance in the Sugar Bowl, T. Watts and fam in New Orleans. But uh, before we get into some of those particulars, Tim. I guess if it had to be a final performance for guys like Bryce Young and Will Anderson and Brian Branch and Jameer Gibbs and Jordan Battle and so many of these others, uh, Will Reichard, uh, fitting the way that performance went down there at the Superdome, I guess. Yeah, hats off to the Bama fans. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't know why people sitting at home watching on TV or leading in. And you know, I'll tell you this: I saw a lot of people discussing before the game, how many Kansas State fans were. And there was. There's a lot of Kansas State fans. But the thing about it is, when you're, if you're from Kansas State, I think the odds of you coming to New Orleans as regular as an Alabama fan are very slim. So when we've been in New Orleans for bowl games, no matter who it is, Ohio State was one year, some other teams when Alabama wasn't playing, they come and they do the whole French Quarter, Bourbon Street, you know, maybe Garden District. Or, they come and make it an event. It's not – Alabama fans came pouring in the night before and the morning of. You could tell that crowd there was rowdy. I mean, I met a lot of Kansas State fans. They were good people. They were nice. They were they were complimentary. They wanted to talk sports. None of them felt extremely confident about the game. I was extremely happy to be there. So the crowd at the game was amazing. It was amazing on both sides. You know, and I got one of my you know, one of my friends who's probably not probably the least intelligent of my friends, he said <laughs> Holy Christ, sit on the Alabama side. He said, holy crap, this whole stadium's full of Kansas State people. And I said, well, to the Kansas State people, they're seeing all Alabama people. The stadium's, <laughs> the stadium's split in half, buddy. So relax. So, But it was a great game. It was a loud crowd. Alabama fans did themselves well. I mean, the players, I'm not sure what else you could ask for. Brian Branch, the best game of his career, maybe. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't argue with that. I mean, four tackles for loss alone exactly. for a a sub defensive <laughs> back is a lot. And then he had eleven solo tackles. Yeah, you know, it was almost like Brian Branch after 
the Deuce Vaughn touchdown, said, I'm just going to tackle everybody. You know, if, if, if we're going to have guys not make tackles, guess what? I'm just going to tackle everybody. That's pretty much what he did. He also had a beautiful sack coming, you know, coming off that edge and just mm-hmm. and interception. Yeah, yeah. The interception. The ease in which he does, he does stuff. And even the interception to me shown what a mature player Brian was because I think that was a pick six, but he still made sure the guy couldn't get the first down. He kind of boxed that corner and then he just cut it in front, made the pick and went down with it. So Hats off to those guys. Bryce was was fantastic. Um, Battle, I thought Battle played a great game. I thought he looked extremely healthy, was the most physical I've seen him all year. Um, obviously, he's a good win. You know, for people that say it doesn't matter, it, it does matter. It does matter. Winning the Sugar Bowl, it mattered to the players. It mattered to the fans that rolled out there. It still matters to win 11 games. It's not all college football playoffs. You know, it's not it's not all college football playoffs. It's still, you know, winning 11 games, winning the Sugar Bowl it still means something. 12 straight season with 11 wins or more for Alabama under Nick Saban. I think that's one of those stats we don't talk about enough now that in 15 years time we'll go. What in the world was that? Right. I mean, that's an incredible stat on its own. And look, you know what also means a lot still means more. It means a lot to be a team captain at the University of Alabama, and I think we had that reaffirmed for us by Bryce, by Will, by Jordan Battle, because I can just point you towards Notre Dame, and this isn't really a knock of Michael Mayer and Fusky, the Fosky, the defensive end, for sitting out the Gator Bowl. I, I get it. More guys do these days with NFL draft grades uh, like those guys have than don't. Uh, but those are two permanent team captains for Notre Dame that didn't play in the bowl games. To just give you some perspective on how it's still a rarity and how I still think it's going to be a rarity. I know Nick Saban and addressing uh, the three guys that made their decisions known yesterday on the UA campus sort of spoke to how this could change some things potentially across college football. Maybe it will, Tim. I'm of the belief, though, that what we saw from Bryce and Will – is still going to be the exception more than the rule moving forward. Yeah. I mean, I think when you get to me, it's not about who doesn't play. I agree with you. I don't think you knock somebody. No, don't play, but I think you definitely want to take a minute and applaud the guys that do play and uh, the guys that do stand in and go and finish out their year the way they're supposed to. And obviously Alabama, you know, has, has, has had a long run of, of, of captains and high character guys. And I'll be honest, I'm not sure if you look at on and off the field combined, there's ever been, I mean, there's, there's been as good, plenty as good, but I don't think there's been anybody better than Bryce and will. I mean, those two guys on the field, I mean, they did literally the check mark, the list, you go back to their recruitment. I remember, I remember will committing and being low, not nearly as ranked as high as he would be and having to defend will Anderson and say, this guy watches film. This guy's a football player. And then he quickly rose up. I remember making the post. You'll remember it saying Will was the leader in the locker room as a true freshman and Mm -hmm. arguing with people saying there's no way that's true. It absolutely was true. He walked into the locker room as it could have been a three time captain, maybe. Absolutely. But if this happened, this wasn't like this wasn't an act. This wasn't a show. This is just who the guy is, Um, you know, coming in and doing work, leading by example. And of course, Bryce, you know, who doesn't like Bryce Young? You know, I think everybody. 
everybody liked him. You go, you know, go all the way down to, you know, you know, Battle, you know, who Alabama flipped from Ohio State. Brian Branch was another kid that was lowly rated. Uh, Georgia passed on him. Um, Alabama ended up getting him and, you know, definitely another fast riser in the recruiting rankings, but just some unbelievably character kids in that group. Yeah, when we talk about the star power that's moving on from this team, I wanted to hit on those areas because I think we're obviously going to get a lot of that interaction right there on the roundtable or premium message board at BamaOnline.com in the coming days, weeks, and months, certainly as we get ready for the start of spring practice in March, but never too early, right, to talk about post Bryce Young. And I think it's interesting because um, you know we're going to have a, a legitimate competition. And what was interesting to me going into 2020 was that even after Mac Jones had the finish to that 2019 season after Tua was lost for good against Mississippi State, there was a, a lot of belief that Bryce Young as a true freshman would come in and win that job. It didn't play out that way. Mac had a tremendous 2020 and the rest is history. But uh, this is certainly shaping up as what appears to be a true competition with Bryce being ceremoniously removed from the game Saturday in New Orleans, Tim. We did see Jalen Milrow come on. That being said, I, I wouldn't take his place as the, the next guy in uh, in the final game of the season being a, a true indicator of what's to come at that position, not with Ty Simpson sitting there too. No, I agree. I think with Mac, I mean, you know, we discussed this at the time. I'm, I'm Bryce, number one player in the country, um, obviously advanced in every way, mature, early early guy that's going to come in and get a chance to learn the system. A lot of people did just write it off. We said the one thing we kept saying, and I, you, you and I talked about it, was that Mac had the locker room. When you saw after each game the two had started – when those rideouts, when those wide receivers were hanging out with somebody, they were hanging out with Mac. So we knew he had the locker room. We had heard of the stories. We knew he's a very confident kid from covering him in high school. So we knew Mac was going to definitely compete for that job. I agree with you now. There's not, to me, there's not an advantage for Jalen Miller over Tyler Simpson at, the, at, at once we hit this spring. I think they're basically going to be on the even level. Jalen's going to have a little bit more playing time. Um, I'm interested to see because I'm torn. I do think that Ty's going to be the most complete quarterback. He can pass the ball. You watch him in warm-ups at the, before any game, and you see him. He throws the ball. He's an unappreciated athlete. Jalen, I get because he, he is. He's a great-looking athlete. He could do so many special things, but his arm is tight. I mean, his throws are really tight. He just doesn't look natural throwing it. So, I think that quarterback battle is going to be interesting. And, you know, you know, you have a couple of freshmen coming in. You know, Eli Holstein, I think, is going to at least compete and be in there. He's going to be behind the eight ball, obviously, having to learn the system. But this will be the most wide open, I think, I can remember in recent years. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And we've talked about it, and we'll talk about it a ton. So we won't spend as much time on it right now. But uh, it, it comes down to – first and foremost for Nick Saban, who can manage the offense the best, but then who can access the most of the playbook, uh, not just with their ability to make all the throws, but obviously both these guys are athletic. So it's, it's not an apples to orange comparison, maybe as much as some folks will make it out to be. There's no doubt Jalen Milrow 
in the open field is as dynamic as any football player on Alabama's roster. But Ty Simpson can do enough with his legs to, to make defenses pay that way. And so getting the football consistently to the guys around them, right? Accuracy in the passing game, decision-making, those type of things, as we know, will all go into it. What about running back, Tim, with Amir Gibbs moving on? I thought it was a real positive for the future to see Jace actually had the type of game he did, both running and catching the football. Jace McClellan with some nice things. The running back position in general was a real highlight in the game. Roydell Williams got some time there in the second half, had a big recovery of a onside kick to start the third quarter. And man, anytime Jamarian Miller, people keep sleeping on Jamarian Miller. And I get it because Alabama's bringing in some dudes, but I'm not going to be surprised that Jamarian Miller's not right in the middle of that thing come next September. Yeah, I mean, the two guys are bringing in, you know, Justice Haynes and Richard Young. Richard was at the Under Armour camp this week, looks the part, acts the part, physical, rocked up guys, you know, def- definitely between the tackle, um, kind of running back. So that, I know you're excited. The pre- You know, you're always excited about the presence you, you just got more than the present you got last <laughs> year. I guess is one way to look at it. But Jamari Miller's no joke. I mean, that guy's a big, strong muscular kid you saw him pop it out and you're right anytime he got in and played he had an impact i think he's going to be in there roy dell's going to be in the mix i think that's finally going to be his chance to really get in there and, and do some things i think the line's going to be an improvement um and that running back position it's going to be deep like you said it could come down to to, to variables who can catch the ball out of the backfield who can get third and one, you know, that still, you know, wasn't really solidified this year. That was something you saw a couple of times. You saw it against Texas. You saw it against, you know, Kansas state this past week, you know, uh, in the sugar bowl with third and one um, and didn't get it. So you're going to need that guy who can get the short yardage, catch the pass out of the backfield. And most important probably is who's going to make sure that quarterback doesn't get mm-hmm. hit by bandit. You know, who's going to pick up that blitz and, who's going to fight for their quarterback. So a lot of talent, a lot of talent. It's been a while, I think, to see this many talented guys and hopefully all healthy to see that many and without an uncertain starter. So it's going to be hard to keep them freshmen off the field. So there's definitely some, there's definitely truth to there, but there's other guys that are going to make their cases as well. Yeah, boy, Miller shows you some really nice, uh, vision and the ability to capitalize with short space quickness. I don't know if he's a home run guy, but I know he's the kind of guy that when it looks like there's two yards there, Tim, he gets seven or eight and that adds up over the long haul. And he appears to be built in a way, as you said earlier, that speaks to durability. And if you need to give it to him 20 times per game, um, you can do that. What about Emmanuel Henderson and all this? You think he's a wide receiver moving forward? That's what he's been throughout the fall, and it looks like he's actually made a move up the depth chart in the process. Yeah, I mean, I think that's where it's the last I've heard his name. I mean, I think that'd be the best. I mean, you, get, you know, running back, you get one on the field. Wide receiver, you get four. Um, so I think, Emmanuel, that's probably going to be his quickest chance to really impact. But then again, you have a lot of guys – you know, I mean, this team is built for speed. This team is built for young. I mean, there's a lot of that's why we're going back to the the, the quarterback. You better be able to get Kobe the ball, Isaiah the ball. You got to get, you know, Emmanuel, all these guys, the football, because they're built, you know, for for yak yards after the catch. These guys are fast and and uh, and quick and going to be elusive. But, yeah, I think Henderson's probably, you know, I haven't really asked a whole lot. I just assumed that he was staying there. Um, the thing with Emmanuel is – 
when you looked at him in high school, we knew he could be basically anything. You know, we knew he could play on either side of the football. He could play wide receiver. He could play um, – he could be a running back. He's a little high cut for running back, so we weren't sure if he'd end up there. Um, kind of a long frame. at 6'1", looks even – you know, looks more like 6'2", 6'3". But, um, yeah, he's a guy that can play all over the field. I'm excited to see what they do with him. And I think at some point you're just going to come down to – where can these guys have the biggest impact? But I'll tell you this, the fact we're having these discussions going into spring, to me, tells me Alabama's kind of stockpiling that talent back, what you're used to seeing on offense. Yeah, we saw uh, Chris Braswell played a lot as we move over to the defensive side of all this based on the departures of the last 24 hours or so. We saw a good bit of Chris Braswell in the game uh, against Uh, K-State on Saturday, along with some Dallas Turner and obviously some Will Anderson. Uh, With Dallas coming back and uh, Chris Braswell uh, continuing to work on depth at that position and really compete for the top two or three spots. You know, look, Dallas Turner is a given, I think, but I don't think there's not going to be legitimate competition for the top three spots with Will moving on. No, I agree. I mean, I think Dow, Dow's just a smart football player, versatile. He's tough. He's hard-nosed. I think he'll take over that leadership role. Um, so I expect to see him on the field. Braswell's still a guy that I feel like every year has got a little bit better, a little bit better. We saw more of David Payne. Um, of course, Otis will be back, that defensive line, those edge guys coming off, inside linebackers. We're kind of seeing some of these guys we expected to see. Uh, you know, probably more this year. And then, but you, you know, you had Henry Toa Toa return. That kind of took some snaps. Jalen Moody came back. That kind of took some snaps from Lawson. But we got a good look at him yesterday, him and Jahad Campbell. I mean, not yesterday, but the Sugar Bowl. We got a good look at him and Jahad Campbell. So there's a lot of athletes out there. And again, you know, you flip, you know, we can keep parking on that, but you can flip over to this signing class where you're going to have guys like Keon Keeley and Quay. You know what? I think Quay Russo is going to be a problem keeping him off the field somewhere. Yeah, got, I agree. You've got guys all over the place that, you know, have, have, have that Yonze Pierre. I don't think he's polished by any means, but if you're just talking about pass rush situations early in his career, I mean, watch this guy get after quarterbacks. Uh, he does. Yeah, he's absolutely measured six, three, two twenty three yesterday. Um, this week of the, um, Wingspan, two blocks. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> I would guess he's around that two thirty-five range with that speed and those moves that he'll yeah. and some of that. What will play that in two thousand twenty? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Came in the exact same. Yeah, exact same. Uh, and we're not saying, by the way, that Yonze is going to be Will right out the gates. We're just physically talking about attributes here. Uh, yeah, that's it. Because a lot of times when we talk about somebody. Certainly, it goes straight to they're too small. We're trying to say he's right. not too small. He's going to show up in the neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's still got, you know, eight months till that season. And, you know, that unlimited, you know, food pass can put a lot of weight on you pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, that new $14 million nutrition center over there off Bryant Drive. Uh, not a bad place to, to grab a meal if you're between the ages of 18 and 22, or in the case of Stetson Bennett. 18 and like 43, I guess, uh, for, for Stetson over there at UGA. But no, we talk about the secondary too, because with Brian Branch moving on, DeMarco Hellams moving on, Jordan Battle moving on, and then the expectation perhaps coming up later this afternoon 
that Eli Ricks might be ready. Well, I don't know if he's ready, but he might go ahead and make the jump to the NFL, Tim. I would guess, you know, this is speculation, just having known him through the recruiting process and and sort of his mindset. I, I would guess he does go pro. Um, I think he's just that guy that's, that's, you know, some guys, you know, don't love college and they have a goal in mind and, you know, you know, three years is enough for them, you know, and I get it. You know, I get it. College isn't for everybody. I didn't love college either, but um, I do think there's a chance. I do think he's leaning towards going pro. I mean, but then again, Rick's, you know, it's hard to predict what a guy like that'll do, but, you know, I was talking to some people that felt that he, he hasn't told anybody that I'm aware of. I'm sure people know, but they all felt that, yeah, he wants to go pro. So when you want to go pro, you've been given feedback that you shouldn't go pro and you still want to go pro, a lot of times you still, you know, you do make that jump. So be curious. I think it's at 1 o'clock he's going to announce it. Um, it's going to be interesting with Rich. You know, I'm not trying to knock the guy, but I talked to, you know, I talked to over a dozen NFL, you know, people in NFL offices, and um, he was definitely given feedback to go back to school. Not enough tape. He's going to have medical questions. He hasn't played a full season since his freshman year. I'm not sure how he's going to test. He's an interesting guy because he is a good football player. You know what I mean? He is mm-hmm. a good football player. But I think when the NFL is so much about how you run, you know, in the 40, that weighs so heavy with them. I'm curious what Ricks is going to run. Um, you know, what's he's going to jump and all that stuff. But he's got long arms. He uh, has no fear as a defensive back. That's two huge traits for him. And, I, you know, I think he's going to make an NFL team. I just don't know where he's going to be drafted. I would guess it's not, not going to be as high as, as other. I mean, I've seen people discussing him in the first round, and I have been told there is no prayer that he's a first or second round pick. Well, like, there's not even consideration. So, But I've seen, you know, the media sort of yeah. hype that up and some of the fan base. That is why we get tantrums from time to time from Nick Saban is those way too early first round mocks. This is a prime example of why Nick goes off from time to time, because that's a lot of what he has to battle, man. When Eli Ricks hasn't played a game at Alabama, hasn't even won a job. And he's showing up in the top 10 of some prominent outlets, first round mocks. Oof. But look, here's the thing about that. This is where I'm going to give our industry a pass is that you have access to the actual people making the picks, Tim, and they are telling you go back to school. I, I don't I don't know how it can be put any more plainly to an I individual. Lot, than that. I think a lot of the media is just, you know, and not a lot of the media. So I don't want to like label everybody, but people doing mock drafts. I think a lot of them are just lazy as shit. Yeah. I think they look and they say, okay, who's starting running back for Alabama? Okay, I'm going to put Gibbs in the first round. Who's the best offensive lineman at Alabama? I'm going to put Steen here. I think they're just going down. I don't think they're actually having a chance to watch. Now, the guys that break it, there's definitely guys that break it down, talk to people, watch the film, and do all that. But when you're doing – I mean, I saw – in October, a seven-round mock draft, which was a, <laughs> which was absurd. There are a few seed games into the season. You got to have long snappers in that and one, I would think. Get, yeah. Don't forget the emotional reaction to. Remember when Newman from Wake? I even said Newman like it's Seinfeld. The Newman kid from Wake Forest transferred to Georgia, and I saw a mock draft with him number one. Number one. 
And it was the same guy the year before that had Jake Fromm number one in the mock draft. Well, you know. And it was um, – he was a top five Heisman contender. Nobody nobody had watched Newman. He didn't win the starting job at Georgia. Uh, same thing happened with JT Daniels. Stetson Bennett whooped both their butts taking their job. But everyone had them so high, Heisman favorites and all that stuff. They didn't really research it. They just thought Georgia's a really good football team. Look at these guys. They were highly rated or they're really pretty on the hook. So we are we know he's going to do well. And that's just not how it works. I mean, you're getting these guys. A lot of these mock drafts will be – will get better as it comes along. And also a mock draft is a work in progress because if I've got Travis Ryer going in the first round and he goes out and busts a 5-1-3 as a safety, then I for sure know he's not going in the first round. So it's a work in progress. But some of these things – I mean, there was a guy that's on ESPN that said – uh Robert Mechie, who I loved and was a great player, was going to make Alabama forget all the rideouts. Hmm. Henry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Waddle, um, Smitty. These guys were the best group of wide receivers I've ever seen. And as good as Mechie was, nobody could make them forget those guys. They all went, what, top 12 or 14 in the draft, won a Heisman. I mean, all those guys were everything. But Mechie was the next receiver up, so he had to be as good as them. And he, was, and he was a hell of a football player. He is a hell of a football player. But that year, Jameson Williams was the main guy. So that's 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 kind of like fill in the blank, which Alabama wide receiver is going to be the best. So we're going to stick him in the first. So a lot of work. But, yeah, he's getting feed. He's got the NFL feedback, which matters. And I think Rick knows where he's going to go. But I think that some guys just are going to. They're going to go. Bet on their self, that cliche. Yeah. I'll tell you this the most. Here's the problem, too, though. There's only 53 spots, right? So even if a team really likes you as a developmental prospect, yeah, there's more expanded room on practice squads than there has been maybe in previous years. But, man, that's a fine line you're writing right into your NFL career if you're more of a five through seven round pick because those guys get cut, too, Tim, if it it doesn't go well. And, And then it's over. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a risk reward there. The one thing that'll help you, like I'll never, it'll I, I still can't. I've stuttered thinking about it. Savion Smith starts in the NFL till he was injured. You're right. There's and a need. There is a drastic need. There just yeah. aren't that many great. And I never would have expected Savion. Look at Levi Wallace's career. Even I mean, Levi's a good player. Don't get me wrong, but this is a guy that's probably going to end up playing eight, ten years in the league at least. I, Absolutely. And I think one thing that can help you go in late is that you're cheap. Yeah. You go in the fifth round, they put you on the practice squad. You're making a lot low, less money than, say, a Pat Sertan. And a, it's a position of value. So they're going to, if it comes down to you and even a running back, they're going to keep the corner that they think has potential. And I think Rick's is an NFL player. I think he can help an NFL Can I have to play team. some special teams, too. Yeah. 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 come down to this with Ricks, too, is how much could he improve his stock? You know, that's yeah, that's true. I think, I think a healthy season could help, help him, but he is what well, he and is. If, and if he doesn't improve enough, there's going to be competition at Alabama that he could end up in a situation like he was in this year, kind of in and out. Uh, that's so true. I mean, go out as a starter, right? I mean, it, and don't take the chance of another season like last season where maybe you don't end I, next season I, like I, you did this one. The guy does not lack for confidence, so mm-hmm. I think whatever he's doing, he feels really comfortable doing it, and he's you know he's ready to go. You know he's ready to go, and 
you know, when it's time to move on, it's time to move on. And, you know, I'm sure there's a certain amount of excitement there. But his, uh, you know, I think his feedback was to go. I mean, I talked to one guy. They said they wrote down, go back to school. Yeah. That's what the feedback was. Um, and again, medical issues, some off the field stuff and uh, not having a lot of tape. And is he and is he scheme dependent? Is he pretty much a man coverage guy? I think he is. I think that's what and he, he, if you go to zone, you're really making yourself perhaps vulnerable in, in that regard. That uh, all, all the tools are there, like we talked about. But as you're pointing out, still more questions than answers, right, with Eli Ricks. Yeah, and I don't have a problem with him making this decision. You knew this coming in. He was basically – I mean, he's the guy that comes from California, three years and done. That's mm-hmm. what we expected anyways. Ended up at LSU, um, you know, flopped over, you know, came to Alabama, uh, you know, obviously with the, the whole exodus from the LSU program after Ed Orgeron. So kind of expected him to be three and done, which is okay. Um, I'm just not sure that, you know, if he's doing what he wants to do, it's the right decision, but I think – you know, I think he's got enough information to know he's not going to be a probable super high pick. And if he's okay with it, I mean, it's his life, and you know, good luck to him. He was competitive guy for sure. As for guys that are on the way to Alabama, you got the national high school all star games taking place this week. The Under Armour game set to kick off later today. I think that's a five Eastern kickoff, maybe four right. Central. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for, Believe. Yep. ESPN from the Alabama perspective, Jordan Renaud, Richard Young, Desmond Ricks. We do know there will be at least one Ricks on the Alabama roster next season. Um, Jalen Hale at the wide receiver position, Olas Alenin, the big offensive tackle, Mammoth Miles McKay, also an offensive tackle, and then defensive back Tony Mitchell rounding up that group at the underarm game under armor game you had some great nuggets for us tim on the round table this week so um i'm not going to ask you to to rank the players in order of of what you've been able to to garner from the workouts down there going into today's game but uh tell us a little bit about who's popped maybe down there you know desmond riggs it's not I, he was the one i was the most curious about and we had a long discussion on the you know on the round table about I was at, I admit it, there wasn't senior film. Now, I said early on when he was making a decision between Alabama and LSU that the elite guys, people considered college coaches, were guys like Muhammad from Texas who went to Texas, Kermani McLean, who still hasn't, you know, I don't know where, what he's doing. I don't know if he's committed or what, but the number one guy from uh, Lakeland, uh, those were the guys after – those were considered elite and a not very good defensive back here. So I didn't know enough about Desmond Ricks. I wouldn't put him in that elite group. And LSU fans ran with it because they thought they were getting him. They thought they were getting him. And so they were, you know, making a bigger deal about it. But there was no senior film. I was just saying – and what would have been his junior film, actually. I haven't found any film on him since, like, his freshman year. I don't think it's intentional. I mean, IMG's not usually – cutting up film. I think the players have to do that. And with Ricks, it's been interesting because we said the guy was a 2024 prospect and boom, drops the hammer. He's 2023, takes three or four official visits in a row, three in a row, commits to Alabama on signing day. So it's been quite the whirlwind. But that guy, he has looked apart. I've seen several video clips. I've had guys there sending me clips. Long drink of water, big, tall, long receiver. Going to be that pure boundary guy to me that – that uh, that guy that's going to get out there on the uh, sideline and defend. 
Uh, probably going to struggle a little bit with those smaller, quicker receivers across the middle, which isn't surprising. But he's long, and he's did really well. I've heard a lot of good things about him. So he's definitely lived up to his billing. Um, Richard Young, it's hard to tell a lot about the running backs, but, dude, he looks at – he looks the part between the tackles. Jordan Renard, the defensive lineman from Texas committed, has had some great moments. He's kind of simmered down as the week went on. I think people got accustomed to his uh, some of his moves. You know, those 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 are some tough drills going one-on-one. You figure out your opponent. Um, all on the offense or defensive side, you got him an advantage. You're going to win some. You're going to lose some. Jordan certainly won his share and improved his stock. So, I mean, for the most part, all the Alabama guys are who we thought they were. Miles McVeigh has been really good. Bull Rush, big, strong kid. He's overweight. He gets gassed easy. Everybody knew this. Miles knew this. Alabama knew this. He's going to have to get on the Jaheim Otis, you know, game plan. Drop 30. Body makeover tour. But yeah. about him is he's strong as a bull. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be strong as a bull when he drops 30 or 40 pounds. Um you know, Jalen Hells did well. Tony Mitchell's been interesting because dude is thick. He looks <laughs> – Tony's picture looks like a linebacker. And I saw him all year at Thompson and saw how big he looked. Um, but he's probably going to have to slim down some, and, and, and he will. I mean, it's college. I think most people realize Tony enjoyed the recruiting process. Literally, Tony needs – the trophy for who enjoyed the recruiting process. Because <laughs> if there's anybody that took, we just gave it to him. You just gave it to him. There Seriously, who the hell took has his in the history of sports has taken more visits than Tony Mitchell. <laughs> These kids get tired of it. Like, hey, Quay, I would too, man. Dude, Quay Russo at the end of this cycle wouldn't even go to Auburn. He's like, man, I can't even get up and go. And it's like 50 minutes away. That's not uncommon. How many Caleb Downs? didn't come to Tuscaloosa the last weekend either. They're just over it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it sounds crazy, but there's only so many people that can, you know, there's only free so many states. That's a long season too, it, man. It these guys are. Yeah. So these guys, Tony though, Tony, <laughs> Tony took it to the end. So hats off to Tony, the most dedicated official visitor and unofficial visitor I've ever heard of. So I think Tony's going to, going to come in and, and uh, you know, start focusing on football. He's a hell of a football player. I've watched him for four years and uh, he's going to, you know, he's got a, you know, he's got a good future. I still think he's a safety, but uh, Olus has did pretty well there. Um, some pulling guards. He can talk the talk. It was funny to hear him saying that. I don't know. We, I saw a video. He's like, that's how we do it at Bama. It was uh, the accent and everything. <laughs> just fantastic. Yeah. I imagine he's going to be a fan favorite. Is that Yeah. That's, <laughs> You're a weak little girly man, like Hans and Franz. <laughs> he had this like trash talking accent going. It was fantastic. You know how we do rings over Lambo. He is here to pump you up. <laughs> he was fantastic. So they've all did well. Now, Under Armour check in. I'm sorry, the former Army All American game, just All American game. All American Bowl, yeah. They checked in yesterday. Hank South. On the scene in San Antonio. Now, today they'll begin practice. So we'll start getting reports of Caleb Downs, Justin Haynes, Pierre, Keon Keeley, and Proctor, who I'm excited also to get views on because I couldn't find any senior film of Proctor. And you know what? The film I did see on Proctor, because I think of the offense he was in, just not a lot of pass pro. No, there's right? a lot of And so – 
I, I'm as interested to see Caden Proctor this week than I am any Alabama signee in these games because that's what I want to see. You know, in San Antonio, he's going to see some elite guys in pass pro. And so that'll be that'll be a lot of fun to watch. And of course, we'll overreact times ten based on that, right? I mean, we'll go ahead and sure. make assumptions that he's either a All American and Outland Trophy winner in year one, or well, it's going to be four years before he's ready. We'll we'll go ahead and make those assumptions, won't we? I just think you know overall <laughs> this, and I'm going to keep discussing it, but I think Alabama's last two classes have been really really restocking to get back at the level they wanted to be, honestly. I think they did their best job. I'm not making any excuses for Alabama. Well, I guess I am, but COVID was a real you – know, that was a real problem with kids who weren't playing and, you know, you didn't get the camp looks at them and all that stuff. It's a problem for a lot of people. I think that's why we've seen so many people in the portal, and a lot of these guys weren't even starters or, you know, I haven't seen that many big names in the portal, to be honest with you, not like – you know, as many as, as, as the, uh, as was predicted. But, um, I think that COVID year really was a tough year for a lot of college coaches, especially when you're like Alabama and Alabama is not the only one I use Alabama because I cover Alabama, but they love those camp evals so much. Yeah. That it definitely affects them. And there's other colleges that affected too. Let's get into the T Watts and TR mailbag. If you'd like Tim, we have, uh, a lot of, submissions this week. So uh, we'll go ahead and do that. And we'll actually start with a basketball related question because the Alabama Crimson Tide one and oh, an SEC play after last week's win at Mississippi state hosting Ole Miss tonight at Coleman Coliseum. And we'll get going with B underscore rich underscore who asks or says Nick Pringle has played quality minutes of late. Dom Welch is back. Pringle, of course, is a front court option. Welch, a guard. So B. Rich asks, do we continue to see Oates play 10 to 12 guys every game, or do you expect a shortening of the bench, Tim? I don't have a great answer because I think it's going to go, to me, it's probably going to go with how the flow of the game's going. You know, that's what I see teams with deep rosters do. I don't think you come in set on play in eight, but I think if you've got five on the floor that work and then you can fill one in for those five, you know, I think you can, you can shorten up your roster. But, I mean, he's consistently played nine or ten guys the whole year, right? I mean, even without, you know, without Burnett, it's still ten guys seeing. And we're talking double-digit minutes against yeah. – State, for instance, they're not. We don't. When I'm looking at the box score here, there's not a two-minute guy that came in the last two minutes of that game. These are guys: Welch with ten, Quinterly with eleven. You know, Bediaco with fifteen. He was obviously foul trouble. Gurley with thirteen. So I think he's just going to rotate those guys in. I tell you, it's a great thing to happen, especially with quality players. You know, I'm an NBA guy. I'm a Pelicans fan. They have a deep roster, so it's really handy to be able to come in and put the hot hand in. And uh, and keep rotating those guys in because you know who's going to play a lot. You know that you know Sears is going to be on the floor. You know that Clowney's going to be on the floor as much as fouls will allow. You know B Miller's going to be on the floor. You know those guys are going to be on there. Betty Yako, you know, definitely will be on there and have to rotate in and out. He's going to be a foul guy too, probably. Um, 
So I think you just, you know, you go with the hot hand and you just play him. What it does is it gives you the luxury. If Pringle can play for whatever number of minutes he plays, he can play really hard. And if he gets in foul trouble or something happens, Welch can come in or whoever can come in and uh, spell those guys. Same for Clowney because they all can give max effort. They don't really have to avoid a lot of contact with the, and the way they, they and they, yeah, they can give five fouls because they they got plenty of them, right? I mean, from a depth perspective. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's a good thing to have the Mississippi State game. I tell you, that was a game. You know, we didn't have a chance to discuss it. I don't think, but uh, that was a game Alabama usually loses. It was as ugly as <laughs> possibly could get. They, exactly the way Mississippi State wanted it for a half, for sure. Absolutely disgusting game, boring, awful to watch. Um, they what they shoot thirty eight free throws, something absurd, and the, the whole game was just taken. And the hack a shack going against Tulu Smith, Tim, three of fifteen for the big man from the line. I was down I, with it. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, if they're going to foul his ass. You got twenty fouls between your posts, fouling. Yeah, make him shoot free throws. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Bama's just going to be. I think we're just going to have to deal with like even in a game like that where they, you know, that they still had nineteen turnovers in that game, twenty five fouls. <laughs> um, but again, they did hit their free throws, 14 out of 18, 30, oh, 37, 38% from the three. They're going to defend. They're going to compete. This team's going to be frustrating at times. But I'm telling you, most Alabama teams I've watched, you and I've watched, lose that game. They yeah. get frustrated. Next thing you know, State's on an 8-0 yeah. run. They're up. And Alabama goes on an eight-minute scoring drought. But yeah. with Brandon Miller – you don't worry about that as much. No, yes, not no. You don't. I mean, you've got guys. Not going to be many scoring droughts with twenty four on the floor. Uh, you know? right. So that's a game. I mean, I take. You know, I see this team doing things other Alabama teams didn't do. So pretty excited. It's been a long off week. I mean, what's it been a week since they played? I think it came at a good time for them, though, man. When you consider that non con, and they went out to Portland and they played Gonzaga and Birmingham and. Got Houston on the road, and Memphis was certainly a challenging game. I, I like that they were able to kind of have that gap because they, you know, they go Tuesday, Saturday this week with Kentucky in town uh, on Saturday. Yeah, I watched. I'm not that familiar with Ole Miss who they play tonight at eight um, eight p.m. Central Time. They struggle to score, and so they're going to want a game similar, I think, to what Mississippi State got for about a half. You know, if, if Alabama drops 44 in a half or both halves tonight, which is essentially what they've done at Coleman in home games this year, they're averaging about 88 a game uh, in the building. Uh, that's going to be tough for Ole Miss. They struggle to they Ole Miss struggles to score the basketball. So yeah. uh, it's a game Alabama should win, but you never know. They took a lot of threes, got through the free throw line, and that's in Oxford. You know, a lot of home field advantage. You know, a lot of home court advantage there. Yeah. Um, a tough place to play as in most SEC places. They fought Tennessee really hard, but you never felt like there was any prayer in that game they pulled away from Tennessee. They kept it close. Definitely kept kept it close. Tennessee had some clutch shots at the end. Um, I think Ole Miss was up at the half, but uh, Ole Miss was a scrappy team, but again, didn't even hit 60 points against Tennessee. So hopefully Alabama can play that deep tonight. Make some threes and blow, you know, get it, get out of there pretty early. Yeah, Rick Barnes in Tennessee, they're going to guard you, as you know. So um, they like that kind of game too. The balls do, but I agree. I, uh, Tennessee can win games with the way they play by four. And it feels more like what twelve, 
you know, <laughs> because you just really didn't have a chance of getting over the hump against that's, them. That's how that game was exactly how that game was. <laughs> I watched. It was like they're close, but at no point did I feel like, uh oh, here, here, we here go. comes the run. Yeah. Yeah. Bama Barn 17 wants to know is Darian Dahlcourt coming back in 2023, the veteran offensive lineman? Um, I haven't heard that he isn't. I just wish for him, regardless, that he can experience an extended stretch, a good help to him, because more than anything, that seems to have been what's held him back. And he's he's made starts, a lot of starts for Alabama. So it's not like he's underperformed or underachieved. It's just been, it seems like these injuries, each of the last two seasons have been especially prob- problematic. Yeah, you know, I, I'm the same as you. Um, I, I haven't heard anything. I'm trying to think. I haven't even heard his name mentioned, but I agree with you. Being healthy would be good. You know, again, sometimes, kid, you know, you get so long into your career, you know, you don't want to end up Frank the Tank in your ninth year of, you know, I, and I actually saw a guy off subject. I think I read some 29-year-old king was in the portal, some 29-year-old. Yeah, like a quarterback or something. Yeah, yeah. like he came out of the Reno, Reno Hightower. From, I was uh, like, came out of the yeah. portal, yes. I, it reminded me of that uh, Scott Bakula show where he pulled him off the farm. <laughs> And Kathy Ireland was the field goal kicker. You ever seen that movie? Yes. Yes, I did see it. It was uh They like pulled him off the farm. He looked like the dude from Yellowstone. Like Texas State or North Tech, whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, they yeah. got the death penalty. Kathy Ireland's a field goal kicker and uh Sinbad is a offensive lineman on Yes that. he is. Yes hell he is. Hell of a movie. So would you you'd hope that, you know, maybe if he does want to play, you're right, a healthy year come in, he definitely can contribute. Add some depth and depth and compete. I think that offensive line is going to be wide open competitive wise next year. I think there's a couple guys. I mean, Booker, you know, Booker's going to give you trouble. Um, you don't have trouble moving Booker out of there, obviously. Yeah, he's a starter. Yeah, yeah he's he, a starter yeah. at guard, but center in the other guard spot, right? That's still up for grabs, I would think. McLaughlin's been good, but I don't think you can go as far as to just write the center and guard other guard position in with with a with ink or anything no i think it'll be wide open i mean proctor we're going to get a good look at him today kind of see where he's at mm-hmm. he's come in could start out inside couldn't he yeah and there's some guys there's a lot to look at when you look at a guy like uh you know like miles like miles i mean we just talked about miles mcveigh i mean when he comes in i mean that guy i still personally think there's a chance a guy like him and even ola o- who I think could be a right tackle. I think those are the kind of guys that also could see some playing time inside, um, especially with with the size they're bringing. Um, so and you, that seems to be in line with what Will Fork wants, right? He wants mass along this offensive line, it, it appears. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I think he likes, you know, a big butt and a smile. I think he brings <laughs> – I think he likes some – I think the uh, – he wants them coming in. Uh, he wants coming in big. And, you know, that, I think that theory, you know, you had guys that wanted to come in. You had some people that believe, and it became popular with Lane Johnson. I think we discussed this. Lane Johnson was the number one pick. Went to the, uh, I think he's the Eagles. Him and Eric Fisher that year, he went to the Chiefs. They were former, like, tight ends, and they added all that weight, kept their athleticism. That was good. But it's really hard to add. 70 pounds and still keep your athleticism. I think some coaches, Sam Pittman was that way for Georgia, who always has a good offensive line, especially Georgia. He liked them bigger 
and try, you know, tone him down a little bit, get him in shape to be able to play. Mm-hmm. I think I think Eric Wolford comes from that 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 line of thinking where you know he wants to come in and you know you know bashing people, you know, knock them around, throw them around. Yeah, I mean, there's a potential again for someone like Dawcourt at center and guard to be of a a, a great uh, value to this team moving forward. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Philly underscore two underscore Bama says, glad to hear Jordan Renaud has been killing it at Under Armour practices. Who would you compare him to? I guess he's maybe thinking in relation to some previous Alabama. Do you see some John Allen maybe potentially anyway in a Jordan Renaud? Or is it more like a Deshaun Hand potentially one of those kind of guys, Tim? Things a little bit of a mixture, you know. I, Jonathan, now there's some guys that it's just hard for me to compare, and you know, of course, we're looking at them, you know, not after high school, but having went through college, and now we see him in the pros. I don't want to put that huge label on him, but he's athletic, he's big, he's got the size. I think similar to to that. Jonathan Allen was just such a grown ass man, you know what I mean? Like Jonathan was probably grown, you know, Allen was probably grown at eleven. You know, he was probably the guy telling all the other kids in the class for not studying in front of the kids because he wasn't scared. You know, just just he always had an adult feel to him. Um, obviously, a hard worker. I think Renard. I don't know his inner workings as well as I did Allen, but I do know that on the field, everything is effort with him, and that's a great first sign. Um, yeah. Effort with him, and if you saw the picture I posted, I mean, the guesses at his weight, and I have guys that you know look at guys and trying to figure out their weight off the hoof all the time. It was anywhere from 255 to 270 that they thought he weighed. Because, you know, you get that muscled-up guy, mm-hmm. it's hard to tell. I know he can add weight. Jonathan Allen's a stretch for me to get to that level, but I think he's got potential to be that kind of an impact guy. I mean, a worst-case scenario, you're talking like a, a Damian Square or somebody. I mean, you know, that's a kid from Texas and – didn't talk about him. I think he's still in the NFL. You know. Yeah, and understand again, we're talking just physical makeup and attributes. We're not making predictions on career p- yeah, production absolutely. or things like that. We're just saying, uh, in terms of what some of these guys, their um, their 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 physical uh, potential and makeup is, is is what we're referring to. Philly also asks, also Tim or says. Uh, you were definitely right on it being a good move for the Pelicans signing Zion when they did. I am stupid and sorry. So there you go, Tim, an apology. Uh, yes, of course you signed Zion. You hope he's for the best. Love Philly. He's a true uh, He's a true sports fan. He, he's, uh, he keeps it real. He's our uh, residential. I think he helped the Braves win a World Series one year because the Phillies won a game. <laughs> The Phillies were in first, and the Braves were in fourth or fifth, and he taunted the Braves the World Series year, I feel like. And next thing you know, they went on the run and run the World Series. So, Philly, thank you for the World <laughs> Series, buddy. Bama, Bama Bully Z's. Bammy, Bama Bullies. I sound like the guy handing out the, the Sugar Bowl trophy on Saturday. <laughs> had a name, didn't he? Yeah. That sweet boy. You talk about a sweet that was rocking during that game. Oh, yeah. The Sugar Bowl committee suite was lit. Uh, Bama Bullies wants to know, biggest upside upside on offense and defense in this 2023 uh-huh. class. That's a simple one for you, Tim. And, you know, I mean, my first two instincts were James Smith and Caden Proctor because, I, you know, they still 
to me, you have the physical attributes that you want, and they still got room to grow as a player. But I mean, it's I mean, Caleb Downs is hard to pass on him. Keon Keeley is hard to pass on him. Quay Rusaw, I think he's pretty close to the player he's going to be, and he's a phenomenal one. So I mean, if I had to choose, Proctor's got to be up there as a potential left tackle. Um, and you saw the guy, I saw pictures yesterday, big, massive guy, big paws, you know, dancing bear, you know, you know, uh, uh, possible selection. So he's, he's a guy, Keon Keeley played small ball. He's going to be tough to beat. And you also, you're looking at upside. It's the physical attributes. Plus mm-hmm. the guys are, aren't going to have a better value than a possible left tackle or a rush in. So I would go with keep, you know, probably with Keon and Proctor, um, you know, they're still the thing that's scary about them. As good as they are, as good as we think they are, they still have the potential to get that much better. You know, when I think upside, I almost equate it to sleeper a little bit, right? Because yeah, as you said, right. we're talking more about just looking at some of these guys and physically the potential that they have. I would probably go Pierre on defense and using those parameters. Uh, and then on offense, I'll go. I'll go Jalen Hale uh, at, at the wide receiver position. I like that guy. I like what I see from him. When underdogs and bullies meant underdogs, I'll tell you two guys I'm high on. I like Jaron Hamilton. The wide oh, receiver yeah. From yep. Florida, I think they're sleeping on him. And Edrick Hill, I think he's got, you know, I think he's mm. kind of that makeup that we saw with Barmore where we, you know, we saw a guy that was kind of wild and unpolished but athletic Got a good push. You know, I got that same vibe watching Edric that I got when I watched when I watched Barmore at the time. I was a huge fan of Barmore. Hmm. Physically, they were good, and knowing what they could be, I got that. I, they got. I got that same vibe. Bama Bullies also wants to know what type of bourbon would I have to get y'all to get me sideline passes to a game. Tim's not much of a bourbon guy. Um, I am, but I'm simple, man. It, it you could get me just good old. Old number seven, Jack Daniels. I'm not one of these. I'm not a snob when it comes to the to the brown water. I can uh, uh, the brown liquor. I can go with just about anything. So, uh, but but here's the problem, Bama boys. I, I don't think we could deliver on our side of it. I, I don't think I can do the. Uh, I don't think I can do the. Now Tim Watts. You know, no. We're talking about Tim Watts. He probably can get you I've in the coach's box. You know, I've never asked for tickets a day in my life. <laughs> I know you I buy my tickets. I bought six to the Sugar Bowl, and uh, also saw the Pelicans the night before. I buy my tickets. I don't call them. Okay, anymore. all right. And also, I got a brood. You know, I've got a brood. I've got, you know, I've got a clan. I got six people with me. I'm not about to say. I I'm in that same boat, dude. Yeah, see, that's I have people that like like when one kid wants to go to a game or something, you automatically have to figure like four or five people. Absolutely. You're you're not just buying for, like it's not just you and the kid. Okay, now mom's gonna go. Now the sister yeah, and the two yeah, sisters are going. So it, it it's five or six minimum, isn't it? When when just one wants to do something, it's I'll, times five. I'll have friends if I'm going to another state. And say we're going to be in blank, and they'll say, "Well, just stay with me." And I'm like, "Dude, there's six of us." Yeah, and it's. I'm, I'm not that big on spend spend the night. You know, I didn't like. No, the, no, know. I don't do spend the nights. No, and I, I, I don't. I, I usually don't, don't anyway. Kids are fantastic. They're not going to be. No, but I like having my place to go to when it's when it's pretty much the end of the night. You know what I'm saying? I know. Yes, I know where my coffee cups are. I know. Right. 
toilet paper is. I'm, yeah. All right, well, yeah. All right. Anyway, um, Jam Bama checking in. Who's more overrated, a Lincoln Riley coach team? What about SC losing to Tulane yesterday? Uh, Notre Dame or the Mets? Ah, oh, that's a tough one. It's a tough one, Jam. Well, Notre Dame those three. Had a huge win uh, against a pretty hot South Carolina team without some of their best players. Yeah, Notre Dame had, as we said, a couple of captains that opted I mean, out if the Mets don't win the World Series basically should sweep <laughs> they're the biggest flop in the history of sports the Mets are doing what I I would think the Yankees would do is what they're doing you know I mean they just like money buying it but going. you know what I'm if I'm a Mets fan I love my owner because he's just like I don't care how much it costs. Yeah, wait till you have to buy tickets to those Mets. <laughs> Yo, he, you think you think the billionaire will still pass it along to the to the fan base? Oh, those tickets are going up. <laughs> <laughs> that stake your daughter wants to that gate just went up. Like every time Saban won a national championship. I don't get, here's the thing with Lincoln Riley. Charles Power, as we know from BOL, is with On3 now, close friend of the program, our program BOL. And I have been talking about this for years. Lincoln. Charles loves him some Lincoln, doesn't he? Well, he had, no, I think he loves to hate him in some ways. Okay. He, and we talk about, dude, they're up every game by double digits. In the <laughs> and they close out every game poorly where they're either beat or they're or hanging on. And they, yeah. I mean, you saw it yesterday. You saw every, he can take a lead. I don't know if it's. You know, I don't know if the other every team the fumbled can, kickoff return at was, the one was brutal, but I'm, yeah, you still got to get the ball off your goal line. And I understand Tulane's a good team this year, but you're USC, Tim. I, I mean, I agree. I mean, I don't know what to. I don't. I don't. I mean, it's amazing to me. I mean, Tulane. You know, we're New Orleans people. We've been on that campus a million times. The fact Love that it. that team beat. <laughs> USC. I mean, the way they did, the uniforms looked great. The crowd was great. The coach was was great. I mean, I would go with right now USC until proven otherwise. Now, the thing with me with USC that's interesting, they weren't supposed to be that good to begin with. They Mm -hmm. come not a great team, but they get they're in the right. They're in the right league, though. You know, out of the portal, they get Caleb to come with them. Look what happened to Utah in the Rose Bowl against Penn State yesterday. Oh, I know. Yeah. I mean, that's a bad league, man. That's you know? Them and the Big Ten are Damn, fighting. Oregon State beating a depleted Florida team was about the crescendo, that, wasn't the, it? The Pac-12's like to the Big Ten, hold my beer. Exactly. <laughs> let me, Big 12. Let, let us show you what we can do. Yeah. I would go I would go with Lincoln Riley team until proven otherwise. Yeah, I probably would too as well. Jam Bama also, who are you looking forward to the most? At the All-American game, I'm on record. I'm Caden Proctor, man. I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, I think we know. I mean, these other guys we've seen, Keon Keeley put out a, a snuff film of a highlight tape. I mean, it's just quarterback separating shoulder after. I mean, big boy is hitting you, hitting you hard, and slamming you to the ground. He's a very physical guy. So we've seen him. We've seen Caleb down several times this year live. And same with Justice. We've seen him live. We've seen him on tape. Pierre great highlight tape uh you know to this day we still don't talk about pierre enough he there's some guy, i agree there's yeah. some guys and i'll never know why it is but some guys will just quietly show up 
have a great career and leave. And me and you'll go, what the hell happened? Did we, you know, Pat Sertan was that to me. We didn't yeah. talk about He's Pat. He's almost like a ghost. And we yeah. talked about Pat a lot, but it wasn't enough. No. Year, I'm excited. Well, he didn't get challenged enough to talk about. That's, you, you know, know? sophomore year. He guys. Or Josh Job's getting just bombed on the other side, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm excited to see Proctor because we've seen all the other ones. Tide Hoop 17 asks, why is Georgia so lucky? I wouldn't say they were lucky. I, would I wouldn't say, either. I'd say I'd say I, Ohio State didn't finish the deal. They, I mean, I think the hats off. Multiple times. I think the hats off to Georgia there. I mean, you got a double-digit lead. Um, you know, everything. Ohio State's up 38-24, what, in the fourth quarter, right? Yeah, I mean, you got a double-digit lead. I couldn't get over getting to the 40, you know, was that 47, 48 yard field goal at the end? 50. 50. They get there and they run the ball and then they basically wow. shut it down. Because Ryan Day is like 90% of college football coaches. He's totally fine putting the entire season on a 50 yard field goal. Do they know how freaking far 50 yards uh, is? Uh, uh, now, now that, but that is exactly why. Alabama stayed aggressive against Tennessee. Remember the end of that game when they got it down to inside the 35 yeah. and they were still putting it in Bryce's hands because and even that, with Will Reichard, Tim, they didn't want to settle for a 50 yard field goal, which they ultimately had to do because they weren't able to no, I you know, hook up. But to me, it was just that like Ryan day basically said, no, nah, I'm good right here. I'm going to put it all on this kid. Hey, I see that in the NFL every Sunday, and they make it. Well, NFL kickers, yeah, they're, exactly. They're built, exactly. They're built fifty yard. They're actually yeah, they're they sixty five. They can I go. I think NFL kickers are almost as good at fifty they're yard. They're freaks. Are extra points? Yes. They take the fifty spot. They, They'll they miss an it. extra point. But the, the and the the kicker for Ohio State had made a forty eight a little earlier, but it got over the crossbar by about a yard. And also, so from fifty, you knew he was gonna have you knew he was gonna have to hulk up, but also, and that's what he not, tried to do, and that's why it went dead left. Not only is it a uh, long kick, but it's also the circumstances. Mm-hmm. It is to be the number one team in the country. There's a lot of pressure on top yeah. of it being a long kick. It looked like Andy Papanostas's field goal late in regulation against Georgia, didn't it? Yeah. In the in the game that Alabama eventually won in overtime, uh, almost a a replica of that kick. But yeah. um, look, I'll say this for Georgia, and you're right. Credit the Bulldogs because you can talk about was there enough to overturn the fourth down play with Bowers, and did he get to the marker? Was there enough to really do that? Was it targeting against Marvin Harrison? I mean, you look at you look at Georgia's runs, man, and the wide receivers that have been knocked out of games. The last two years, man. I mean, it's it's Jamison Williams, John Mechie, and Marvin Harrison Jr. That's his three is three of the very best in all of college football the last two seasons that have been injured in games against the Bulldogs. But there is something to uh, poise at the moment of truth and and being able to deal with it. And I I thought Georgia did that. You know, yeah, that wasn't easy. And Georgia's you know defensive minded team and. Um, to me, that's just, if I'm Ohio State fan, that they have to feel like Alabama fans felt after the Tennessee game, but probably magnified by 50 because of the the you know the. Stat- oh, it was right there. You had it. 
Yeah, Bama didn't blow a 14-point lead at Tennessee. They, uh, it's 35-24. Ohio State looked like they were going in the end zone to make it 42-24. And at that point, yeah, you're starting to think it's over for the dogs, but they have to settle for the field goal in a two-touchdown game. Um, a lot different for yeah, Georgia. It's a, wild, it's a wild game. It's a wild game. All right, who else we got here? Thrill 2K1. Anything new on coaching moves with football? Hiring, leaving, anything new on recruiting? Um, uh, Cormani McLean, that's all. Thrill 2K's just got a few for you today. That's it. He asked as many questions as gifts he posted <laughs> in the last. He's the oh, gift. man. He's the gift master. Mm-hmm. He, I don't mm-hmm. This first time I've ever seen I think him. Thrill 2K is kind of like the feds. He asks a lot of questions, but he already knows a lot of the answers, you know? <laughs> he is a smart guy. Uh, nothing new on the coaching moves. I still think probably Bill O'Brien's moving on. Um, nothing new on the hiring. Charles Kelly's obviously gone. But a lot of this is just now setting in where Alabama's coming off. Again, this schedule's been messed up. You had signing day. You had Christmas. You had bowl practice. You had the bowl game. Just now as it's settling in, uh, Kermani, I don't know what is happening with Kermani for anybody asking. I mean, it's he didn't show up to the Under Armour practice yesterday. He was struggling a little bit the first two days and, um, you know, might might have some kind of injury I don't know about. But, I mean, a complete mess. Right now I have nothing solid on him. Alabama will be kicking the tires on anybody they see in the portal who think they can help. I haven't heard any other names other than C.J. Dupre, who I think was a huge get, by the way. Mm-hmm. I think getting a Maryland transfer tight end, a portal guy, I think that was a top priority for that offense to get a guy that could come in and help, especially with Cameron leaving. So nothing new, but we're about to start digging. Um, you know, with everything wrapping up, we're going to start digging and see what we come up with. So hopefully we'll have more answers for my buddy. Lefty20 asks, if a poster asks one of you a question – and then another poster asks the exact same question, but adds gun to your head at the beginning. Do you give a different answer? Well, I mean, Lefty, of course you do. I mean, gun to the head. That's next level. That's like double dog dare you in uh, a Christmas story, right? Well, the guy gun to the head, I just let him tell me my answer. <laughs> yeah, I mean. What would you like that answer? Why would I even try? Yeah. yeah. What would Actually, you like to be, mister? Hey, uh, and brand jacks. I like this. Uh, I see what you did here is a, is Cadillac better than Lincoln? Ah, I like that. You know, I've never, I've never had a Cadillac or a Lincoln, Tim. When, when we talk about it from an automotive my mother perspective, had a Cadillac, and I mean, my stepdad, old school, big, I don't know if it's an elder, it was a big Cadillac. And I could lay when I was still a teenager, I could lay in the back seat window. That's how big this thing was. Um, in that back area back there, convertible, that he would drop the top and ride around Orlando, Florida, where we live. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a smooth ride, but, man, it was like turning a boat around. It was like he let me drive that. in the. I mean, he let me pull that in the driveway a few times, dude. That was a monster. You got to be Tony Soprano to, to handle that car, in my opinion. He had a big, long caddy, not like a DeVille, and written right on the side, it read, Dress to Kill. You know what I'm referencing there? Yes, absolutely. Sucker MCs. Look it up. Young Bloods. Run DMC. Very, very early there. Hey, uh, Ronnie Bismuth asks, what would be our predicted four seeds, top four seeds for the SEC basketball tourney? I mean, Alabama, Arkansas, 
Tennessee would be three, but damn, can I even put Kentucky as a top four seed right now based on what we've seen from Cal's latest team, Tim? What about Missouri? Do you really? That's what I'm saying. I mean, Missouri ran them all, ran the cats out of the building in Como. I've seen them twice, but I've liked what I've seen from Missouri. You have to think that Kentucky. And now we've been we've been kicked in the in the in the in the in the family jewels thinking this before, <laughs> but we have to think Kentucky's kind of growing through, and they do it every year, growing pains like Alabama's going through. You get all that talent, you know, it's not as simple as roll the ball out. They should be better later than earlier. We've seen Kentucky teams that gelled and did just that, and we've seen them not do it. So that's not a pretty team right now, you know, when they're playing. They're not very consistent. It looks like a lot of parts is what it looks like. Let's check in. Yeah, I think I'd have Missouri in that top four right now. Wow, Missouri in the top four. It's tough once you get past from them. It's not a deep dive, but it's enough that you know I I think they 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 look like a pretty. They're going to be tough to beat at home. I can tell you that. Yeah, Dennis Gates, man, looks like he's a real deal. Still early. We'll see how it goes. I mean, they've got you know they got blown out at uh um shoot. Bill South Kansas. They got yeah. out, but they've had a tough, you know, little stretch here the last mm-hmm. three games where they beat Illinois, they beat Kentucky. I mean, they're still gonna have to go on the road and prove a lot of that. But those games at home, you know, and they got a huge matchup. I'm looking at the schedule now. They got a huge matchup. They're at Kentucky at Arkansas on Wednesday. So we're gonna know a lot more about them tomorrow night. IOC twenty three asks, is there any reason to think that Saban would look to add another quarterback? I think at this point it is Milrow or Ty. Um, I I don't think so. I mean, is there anybody in the portal world? Got to be the absolute right guy. Yeah, the the weight quarterback's going to to Notre Dame. It sounds like, and I don't even I, I love him as a college quarterback, but I don't know if he's all that great a fit for what Alabama really wants to do. You know, it's got to be. I mean, here's the thing: if you get a Sam Hartwell. If it's your quarterback, if you get a portal quarterback, it's got to be your starter. Because if you got to be willing to rock your quarterback boat. You also are saying I'm okay losing one of my two guys that I have coming and, back. And because least, if you go to the portal, you're yeah. losing at least one, aren't you, Tim? At least one. I think so. I mean, I would be surprised to see five. And also, you're already having a delicate balance of you brought in two freshmen, you're bringing in two freshmen. You got uh, you got you got Ty and Jalen a year apart, so it's all kind of a young group congested together. So you know how that quarterback room is. There's a lot of egos. There's a lot of parents involved. Yeah. Any quarterback room. I'm not talking about Alabama specifically. I'm no. saying that's a fragile uh, uh, ecosystem. That's a yeah. There's there's a, there's loud noises in there that you have to be wary of and rocking the boat. So it would have to be risking you know flipping that boat over. So I, I think no. Personally, uh, I'd be surprised as well at this point. Boo AU as we wrap things up here in the mailbag and with today's pod. Do we see Alabama pursuing anyone else in the portal? Um, I, I guess it's still early with names, but what about positions? Maybe position specific, uh, maybe the right offensive tackle. Uh, if, if there was one out there once again, uh, Tim, maybe um, in the secondary, it you know, I, I just don't see this team being uh, as active, maybe even the portal this time around as it was last time. Maybe I'll be wrong on that. Last year, there was better players 
Yeah, you're right. Honestly, there was there was star power in the portal right. last year. This yeah, year, it, yeah. I mean, you get a left tackle, you get a starting running back. I mean, mm-hmm. that's some guys you definitely go in the portal. I think it depends on who enters. Uh, again, yeah. the portal has not been anything. I mean, I, I don't know how. Here we go. How many times? Have we <laughs> oh, the lock. Oh, it's coming tomorrow. You know, I expected everybody to. Yeah. You know, I expected the portal to shut. That NCAA portal site to shut down. You know, with everything that was happening, but. I think it just depends if there's, you know, any talent in there. I think the one position, I feel like defensive line, if they could find the right kind of impact guy, I feel that 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 could be a position. You can never turn away, in my opinion, quality offensive and defensive linemen at any level. Junior college, Alabama's had success there. Prep, grad, or portal. I think you take those guys – if you can get them. And the thing about them is like a quarterback, there's one quarterback on the field, obviously, but an offensive lineman, there's five, a defensive lineman, there's three to five, however your system runs. So you've got room. Plus they rotate them in and out. So you can never have too many of those. So if a quality defensive lineman goes in the portal, I think that, you know, Alabama will definitely take a look and there could be other positions, but if you run them down wide receiver, they're pretty good tight end, They're pretty good shape running back. They're in good shape quarterback. You'd have to be a, you know, a big bust, you know, big buster, a corner, a cornerback would be a guy that also falls at the lines of somebody you can't never really pass up on. But for the most part, I'm not sure those guys are going to the portal. And hey, don't forget if they go in the portal and it's, you know, it's a buyer's market, that NL is going to be amazing. You know, you flashback from Pat Sertan going in his junior year and hitting the portal. What would it, what would his NIL been worth? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, get, and, 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 you have to take care of your own players to keep them, you know, to from from going that route. It's absolutely. absolutely. I mean, what what should Jaheim Otis get moving forward? Because I think what we're continuing to see from that guy is he absolutely can be the sort of war daddy that this defensive line didn't have this year. I mean, on the touchdown run by Deuce Vaughn Saturday, some of that was the result of Jaheim Otis taking the center and pushing him three yards in the backfield, which kind of created a crater unfortunately, but it also underscored the potential of this guy. And he had a pass rush that was similar to that. Maybe, maybe Jaheim Otis is that dude. I rewatched the game last night. I feel like Byron Young was held the whole game. Yeah, probably the offensive tackles. And I mean, BD, the the left guard for K state was legit. Everybody else for that offensive line. Not much. Oh, this move. I don't know if it's legal or not, but. Byron was bull rushing, and the Kansas State guy took a step back, grabbed his jersey, and jerked him to the ground. Yeah, is that legal? Um, not in some leagues, but I don't think uh, in college football. This was the back of his jersey too. Yeah, it's almost like a hockey move. Like he's gonna pull his jersey over his head, wear him out, kidneys, yeah. body blows. So, <laughs> but I felt like Byron had a good game um, impact because they really spent a lot of time trying to. You know, we saw a lot of, too, while we're talking DLs, we saw a lot of Jamarian Latham. Yeah, he has. Uh, He was a base end to line up inside and dime. And show it. Yeah, he's showing. Yeah, he showed some things, too. So he's going to be a guy to watch next year. He had a chasing uh, quarterback down a couple of times. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's a good it's a good call. He might be ready to step into his. We'll see. Yeah. Maybe a bit of a playmaker moving forward. Well, Tim, that's going to do it for the roundtable mailbag. We certainly appreciate each and every one of you who contribute to the mailbag, as always. And uh, Tim, it's been a lot of fun, man. We've covered a lot. 
Absolutely. So we had to bring in the new year right, correct? That's what we do. That's what we do. And uh, you need to hang out with us at BamaOnline.com. We're going to have continuing coverage of these all-star games. And, um, you know, Alabama continues to kick the tires, as Tim called it, on the recruiting trail, both in terms of the late period and where the transfer portal is concerned. Anything that happens regarding the coaching staff, we'll have right there for you first on the roundtable or premium message board at BamaOnline.com. Coverage of Alabama Ole Miss hoops on Tuesday night coming to you right there with Charlie Potter, Kirk McNair, and our team staff as well. Tim, anything else before we get out of here? Uh, That's it. We'll see you next week, and we will see you in the meantime on the roundtables. Absolutely. So for Tim Watts, Travis Ryer, thanking you once again for joining us right here on the Bama Online Podcast. And until next time, so long, everybody.